Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, John. And you're going to have to say what the episode is this week. Uh, it's The Vision of Escaflone. Escaflone or Escaflone? I don't know. <laughs> you should know these things. Well, I've never watched this show before. Oh, so we're both going in blind. Mm-hmm. Since you did that last time, I decided to do it this time. Nice. Well, what made you want to watch it? It's just something that I heard about um, a long time ago, I guess. I started, I just kept hearing about this show repeatedly from people who I know have good taste, you know? That's fair. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything Um, about it? Well, I know that it's made by uh, Sunrise. Which are generally like the mecha people. They did like Gundam and Cowboy Bebop and Code Geass, etc. Is it a mech show? Um, it's a hybrid show. Uh, it definitely has mechs in it, though. Okay, so, I mean, you really like the big robots, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. See, um, human-sized robots are my thing, and building-sized robots are your thing. <laughs> um, most of the robots in shows that I watch are not building-sized. Think of, like, Gundams, which are... They're not building-sized, but they're still large. They're, like, tank and plane-sized, which is around a, the area a that... person or uh, two in there. Yeah, that's around the area that uh, I'm comfortable with. <laughs> You're, you don't like the huge robots? You don't like uh, Pacific Rim robots? By comfortable, I just mean the ones I'm most familiar with. Okay. I haven't watched as much giant robot stuff. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, what would you like to know about the show, or would you like to go in blind? Well, I'm on the Wikipedia page, but I'm avoiding anything except for the sidebar of, like, network info. Okay. Um. So, its original run was 96 to 97, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense with its art style, very 90s. Mm-hmm. Um... It's considered fantasy, mecha, and romance genre. Yeah. Is the romance, like, a real part of the genre, or is that just, like, because all anime is like this? No, that's not, like, a real part of the genre. This... Escaflone, I think, uh, from what I can tell, is, like, seriously a hybrid show, uh, to the point that, um... While the anime was in production, they made a shonen version of it manga and a shoujo version of it manga. Oh, interesting. Which I don't think is normal practice. Yeah, so is it, uh, I guess it's supposed to have more of a broad appeal. I, I think so. It, it's, it's a series that seems like, everything I know about it, it's a very unique series. So I'm like been very interested in checking it out and I just never got around to it. Yeah, so in the sidebar on, on Wikipedia, it has the original run of the manga, um, which aired in Shonen Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you scroll down, there are separate runs uh, of manga, which are both shoujo, mm-hmm. which you just said. But then there's also a light novel. And yeah. there's the anime. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of things. Um... I mean, Sunrise doesn't do anything half-assed. Um, <laughs> Whole ass I mean, one that's... thing. Yeah. Mm. 
I think it's just, um, when it comes to, like, robotic, like, mecha series, um, there's a lot of elbow room in there to, like, add some, like, extra elements in there, you know, and to, like, twist it into, like, new directions, because, mm. uh, because there's, like, there's a lot of, like, mecha, and, like, if you, like, want to stand out and, like, do something unique. I, I honestly, um, I like the idea of, like, genre bending mm-hmm. um where it's like because i think fully staying within your own genre you fall victim to like the same tropes mm-hmm. uh, and i think it's interesting to see how a plot unfolds if it's not entirely one thing all right so so kind of excited cool are you excited enough to want to go watch it right now yeah let's do it all right All right, bon appetit. And we're back. Uh, Do we want to do a quick uh, three-episode recap? Sure. Do you mind if I do it? Yeah, go for it. There is a lot, so I'm glad that you're doing it. Okay, um, so a normal Japanese girl who's on the track team uh, has a vision of, uh, and then the appearance of, a dragon-slaying prince and a dragon, uh, when she all she wants to do is use her tarot card predictions to confess to her tragic love interest track boy before he leaves their school and moves somewhere else. Uh, unfortunately, because of the prince and the dragon, she gets taken to Gaia, which is another world. And on that world, the Earth is uh, a second moon called the Mystic Moon, where she gets embroiled in um, the ascendancy of the prince uh, and then the downfall of the prince's home. Uh, and then they're hiding out somewhere else. Um, Fenelia? Fenelia, because his name is um, Prince Van Fennel. Van Fennel. And they live in Fenelia, and mm-hmm. I didn't write down the place where they went after that. Me neither, so don't worry about it. They went to Handsome Man's Town. Allen Town. <laughs> yeah, Allen Land. <laughs> um, so was that a good summary? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So, since we're on the subject of Allen... Uh, we only really get him in the third episode, so he doesn't really have a a big personality so far. Um, well, he's a very, like, he's a very stereotypical, like, he is the, He's a Bishonen. Yeah, he's a, he's a Bishonen, a boy, he's an honorable knight, uh, he's a charmer, uh, and he's very pretty. I think he's also, I think he's the prince of whatever land they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's, like he's, he's who they go to for, like, discussions about land and yeah. stuff. He seems to be the ruler of the place. Yeah, so, um, and the thing is, uh, Alan looks exactly the same as her crush from back home in Japan, Amano. Because anime... Because anime. I mean, the nice thing is, their faces do look similar. They do have, like, different hair and clothing and stuff. Yeah, It's not but like, sometimes... oh my god, it's the same actor in different clothes. 
I mean, it might as well be. They really do look exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and as far as I can tell, they act pretty similar. Alan is definitely way more suave. Oh, they don't act similar at all. Uh, Trackboy in real life was also pretty, but I mean, he was mostly just like a polite, reserved Japanese boy, while Alan is, um, in relative terms, uh, extremely forward compared to everybody he else. He is very... He um, kisses Hitome... H- Hitomi? Huh? What's the main character's name? Hitomi. Hitomi. Um, Hitomi Kanzaki. He kisses her on the cheek and tells a different ruler that they're lovers, which really disgusts the new guy. For some reason. <laughs> so so the, the land <laughs> that destroyed Fenelia is ruled by this very pretty androgynous looking villain. Um, and when Alan kisses Hitomi, he looks just so disgusted. Like, oh god, don't do that in public. Even though he I just kisses think, her on the cheek. Uh, I don't think that handsome villain is the ruler, though. I don't know. No, it's definitely the Palpatine guy that's the ruler. But he's the, the like military leader, I think. I think so. He's the lieutenant dragon type villain guy. Yeah, I we barely see him in episode three, other than he's super obviously a villain, mm-hmm. um, and he's very pretty. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see more of him. He's got a like a Sailor Moon villains aesthetic, <laughs> at least in the early season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think it's very interesting that this is a shojo and a shonen because even in the art style, it's very much both. Very nineties. Oh yeah, the art style is so 90s, and all the clothing, at least all of the quote-unquote modern clothing. We have noses instead of a little dash mark on our faces. (laughs) Yeah, even when you see them from the front, usually they have a prominent nose, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, so, you know, Hitomi's got the long shoujo legs, and all all the characters have very pretty faces. I would say Van actually has the most, like, shonen appearance mm-hmm. because he's obviously the shonen protag and she's the shoujo protag yeah he's the one who uh is the most like a shonen character and she's the most like a shoujo character because i mean they're pretty obviously the main characters yeah but um i think otherwise like it does a pretty good um job with making the styles kind of blend mm-hmm I say the, the the way I do because um, like Vaughn does Vaughn does not have like more than half of his height taken up by his legs the way Hitomi and a lot of the other characters do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely helps too, being more proportioned. Hmm. So, what do you think of Hitomi? Um, Hitomi is interesting as far as episode like up episodes one through three. She's pretty stereotypical shoujo protag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as so- like literally as soon as she sees Alan and sees that he looks like the guy she's in love with, she's like all over Alan. She's like daydreaming <laughs> about him. Um, <laughs> but she is interesting. And it- it's funny because in the first episode, I had still been under the assumption that you had watched this and I hadn't because that's how so many of these go. Oh, huh? Remember... Um, in the first no, episode, I... she was doing her tarot readings, and I was like, "Oh, is she a clairvoyant?" And you thought I was asking the ether, and I was literally asking you. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you mean. <laughs> I don't fucking know if she's a real clairvoyant or not. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, you haven't seen this. Uh, but I mean, she's definitely a real clairvoyant in the fiction. Oh, and episodes two and three, she has like visions. Like, yeah, legit visions of the future. Mm-hmm. It's a little um, vague during the fights, but she is like yelling at Vaughn. They're like, "Watch out! The attack's gonna come from that direction!" In all of the episodes. Yeah, so that is an element that's pretty interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know uh, if this is for real, but it seems very much to me like a like a shoujo anime trope to have like the girl be into fortune telling. I don't know if that's for real or not, though. Um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I'm not super into shoujo in general. Maybe I'm just thinking of tarot cards as a teenage girl thing. Oh, tarot cards are definitely a teenage girl thing. That I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm thinking of. So she has a magic pendant and she has visions. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that she's the one who's like teleporting people around. Yeah, so um, she gets teleported to Gaia, as you said. And then in the middle of the dramatic fight while Fenelia is falling um they get tele her and Vaughn get teleported both times and Mm. and both times the pendant is involved in one way or another yeah hmm Uh, do you have any predictions about what they could be what the teleporting is uh yeah and the pendant well like I said it's pretty pretty obviously pendant involved I don't know, like, why it chooses the places that they teleport to, though. Because the second, the first time, they just teleported back to Gaia. But the second time, they teleported, like, into the middle of the forest. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seemed kind of random, so I don't know if, if it's, like, a, if it's random or not, basically. Yeah, I mean, this could be one of those situations where it teleports them to wherever the plot is required for them to go. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, which... they, the second time it did teleport them to a safe place, which was the other guy's kingdom. That's true. Hmm. So, in the first episode, uh, you did mention saying uh, essentially that like anime is predictable. Yeah. Um. Maybe, like, what are some uh, especially, like, predictable moments that you felt there were? Um, well, as you were saying in the second episode with Balgus, what did Mm -hmm. you say? He has, like, all the trademarks of, like, about-to-die character. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, I'm realizing now that, uh, Balgus is because, um, uh, that's how Japanese people would pronounce Vargas. Oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> v and B gets mixed up the way our Arsenals do. Should we call him Vargas then? I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, the way he was acting and the way he was like trying to protect Van and everyone else during the battle, it was very obvious. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Well, I did predict she was a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Um, the third episode, at the beginning, you had mentioned, it dropped like a lot of stuff on us all at once. Mm-hmm. 
And I would say a lot of that stuff was not predictable. I really it surprised you what was going on with all yeah. of that Emperor well, it, stuff. It was more involved than I was expecting. Well, I mean, like, how easy is it to predict, like, two episodes in, uh, that there's going to be, like, a prediction machine and that they're going to be looking for Atlantis? <laughs> I mean, With really, Trigun. Yeah, be fair to yourself. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, the first two episodes, although it did have, like, some fun surprising elements, were mostly along a tr- predictable trajectory. But the third episode really threw in a lot of plot wrenches. So um, I like that. that. Yeah, I was going to ask if uh, that made the show more exciting to you. Yeah, I mean, it's... I was going to say it's no fun to watch something when you know where it's going. But Mm -hmm. that is not always true either. Uh, I'm excited because uh, I think that Hitomi is a good, like... Uh, you know, normal person in a crazy world protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked how she like r- really chewed Vaughn out at the end of episode one. Oh, it was um, very good. He was uh, very surprised by it. Um, and I think that her visions uh, will be uh, like a really interesting thing to like explore throughout okay, the show. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think her visions are going to um evolve over the show in some way uh you think her visions are going to change do you do you think Uh, it could i I don't know if her visions are going to change but i feel like she's probably going to like uh develop her own what would the word be um her her own like control over and understanding of the visions i think is going to develop over the okay. series because so far she's not really acknowledging them as much she's just like gets warned of danger when it happens yeah so um as far as right now all she only gets visions basically when somebody is about to die mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of like heads up to prevent it yeah i mean she will yell as much as she is able um mm-hmm. but yeah i was wondering if maybe throughout the show she will get visions more ahead of time or like you said, maybe get more control over them. So she could possibly get the visions when she wants to rather than randomly. Yeah. Both of those seem like really decent possibilities. Okay. I'm just thinking about where her uh, arc might go. My second question is, do you think she gets to go back to earth before the end of the series? Do you think she ever like goes back and forth? Um, right now it seems unlikely. Right now it seems unlikely, and I could certainly see the show spending its entire time in Gaia. Uh, but I was surprised that at the beginning of episode two at all that they showed um the the like aftermath of the uh, her friends when she yeah. disappeared. Her her friends went and told her mom that she literally teleported away, and her mom was like, "Well, fuck." um it's not a very long series so i'm not sure but i imagine uh, maybe it'll be like digimon and she'll like get a brief chance to go back or maybe it'll be like inuyasha yeah i 
Um, so at the beginning, when I, it was mostly with the like opening sequence at first, I was kind of thinking it was going to be more of an Inuyasha where she goes back and forth frequently, but Mm -hmm. because it is so short and because of the way it's going now, I think when we do get peaks back on earth, it's going to be without her. Like, oh, what are Amano and her best friend up to type of deal? Yeah, which that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's interesting to get a peek of like what it's like where she's missing. Yeah, uh, like I'm not so interested that I'm like, oh, I want a whole episode of that. But like, uh, I would like to get like more clips of that every couple of episodes. Um, so you know what I want? Yes. Uh, us to like, uh, like at some point, uh roll back around to the fact that they're like friendly werewolf people i love the friendly werewolf people yeah they just kind of like they seem really threatening at the end of the first episode uh to well to hitomi but not to von because von is the prince and they just give von a ride home at the beginning of episode two yeah they're nice they're friends mm-hmm. um well i was gonna say so we've talked about how it's got the the shoujo and the shonen elements and, like, the romance stuff. Well, only touched on the romance stuff with Amano and Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I what really excited me was the... Were the, like, good bits of more, like, horror. In the first episode, it was more horror. But in the second episode, it was more, like, just straight-up action. Mm-hmm. Well, there weren't really any horror elements in the third episode, unless you count, like... How creepy the emperor was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the dragon attack in the first episode uh, is quite tense because there's no giant robots to back you up in that. Yeah. Well, uh, and in the second episode, the attackers are all invisible and you get a few glimpses of the the battle scene where basically everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. And that's a good like horror moment. Yeah, you see a lot of the uh, the soldiers getting, like, picked off. It's, it kind of reminded me of the, like, Predator movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was pleasantly surprised by how well those moments were handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, how do you feel about gore, though? I'm okay with it, personally. Um, right. I mean, I don't think I don't think it was too gory, if that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. It was I, just surprisingly gory for the style that I was looking at. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're a little biased because when we think about 90s anime, we think about 90s anime that was translated to Western kids TV, oh. <laughs> where all the blood and stuff was taken out. And how to draw books. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of... Uh of the like mini genres in this like you've got horror on one side of the spectrum and you've got romance on the other end of the spectrum yeah Um, well and then there's also like the land they're in is clearly a fantasy-esque land they've got werewolf people and cat people and they've got kingdoms and oh but they've also got like steampunk robots yeah they've also got cool sci-fi big robots and they've got a floating city Mm mm-hmm it's a, a really interesting, like, mishmash of genre going on right here. Yeah, in the first half of the episode, I was saying how genre benders can be exciting for, like, the tropes that they do and don't do. And this is, like, definitely exciting. 
Yeah, because you've got like a really broad range of possibilities and it makes it harder to predict what's going to happen. Yeah, um, we were talking about while we were watching that there are two ways basically to go about making something universally interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. to people who like different genres. Um, And one of those ways is to make your thing boring, so kind of lowest common denominator. Um, Well, I think of like, in terms of American movies, like Nicholas Sparks movies and books are very like, okay, sappy rom-com. And I don't really remember this conversation very well. I didn't say all of this in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm expanding. Um, Um, But, you know, like lowest common denominator stuff where it's like pretty much anyone can get into it because it's just kind of (laughs) boring. And then there's this where it's like there actually is an element from each of the genres it's trying to pull from. And I think it's it could be universally entertaining because it's got the fun action and the the like kind of spooky horror but it's also got the really shoujo like it's very lovey in some points i think what it is is that it's thoughtful about what elements it's using and when it's using them so that it gels together and is never too discordant i agree i think um the show is just very surprising to me because obviously neither of us have seen it so we went in like okay, we're going to watch an old anime that only had two seasons. Yeah, but you uh, you know me. I only pick something to watch. Um, Unless I have a very good reason to, it's either something that I think is good or something that I heard is good. Yeah, well, I hear certain things are good, but my friends are worse at TV than yours are, apparently. (laughs) Wahahaha! Uh, so when you saw uh, Merle in the episode Thumbnails, uh, you were pretty excited. Yeah, I thought she looked cute. So Merle is a... She's not a werewolf person. At first I thought she might be, but she's a cat girl. She's different. Um, mm-hmm. She's got big, like, fawn ears. They're not like cat ears where they're, like, pointy and on the top. Yeah, she's not your, like, regular cat girl. Yeah, they've, they're, they like, long floppy ears on the sides of her head where ears normally are. Um, mm-hmm. But she's... Does she have whiskers? No, she's just got those weird markings on her face. Right, she's got, like, spots. Yeah, more like those, like, tiger stripes. Yeah, um, and she's very, like... What I wasn't expecting is that she's very little sister type. She's mm-hmm. very um, rambunctious <laughs> uh, and mischievous, which uh, is she's cute. Very into Vaughn. She's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, this is some kind of love triangle, though. No, it's very clearly kind of the. I I think this is traditional for shonen to have a character that is like wildly in love with the main shonen protag and the shonen protag just like super doesn't see it i'm trying to think of a shonen that doesn't have that but i'm pretty sure you're (laughs) right they all do yeah so it's very shonen to have that i'm not super into that trope but Mm -hmm. i it hasn't hurt so far i mean merle does give the like stay away from my prince vaughn speech to hitomi who 
super isn't into Vaughn yet. Yeah, but there isn't honestly like that much drama going on in general. Yeah. Um, like very little of it actually amounts to any elements that are like, uh, you know, like actually like, oh, this is annoying. What's going on right now? Like it's yeah. barely a part of the show. Yeah, mostly it was, I think, just inserting Merle as a character with a personality. Mm-hmm. They're very cute. Yeah, she's cute. Um, mm-hmm. And she wasn't actually like harmful. So she steals the pendant and like runs away. But when Hitomi stops chasing her, she does, like, come and give it back. She just has antics going on. Yeah, I think she just wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're going to get more of her character because she's just too obviously a main character. Um, yeah, I mean, she's uh, got pink hair, so. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, what are you expecting out of her? I honestly don't know. So as far as right now, she's stuck with the rest of the refugees from Fenelia, and I don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've been, like, taken in by the werewolf people, or if they're on their way to a different kingdom as refugees. I don't know. But I assume they're going to meet up again soon when Van uh, kind of goes back to his people. Yeah, hopefully Van can reunite with his people. I'm certain of it. Mm-hmm. So an important part of the a whole show uh, is the like giant robots. I wanted to ask you about like the like, guy melifs. Yeah, the melifs and the guy melifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you about like your experience with Mecha and your like expectations with Mecha and like how 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 this the robots in this have like read to you so far. Oh, and, but like, you know the answer. Do I? I don't watch large robot anime. Yeah, but I'm just wondering what your thoughts are, you know, because you don't watch giant robot anime. Um, so you said this when it came to the Melifs, which is mm-hmm. they're less like big robots and more like big mechanized suits of armor. Mm-hmm. At least in like their size, uh... And how they get in them and how there's like a faceplate that they can just look through. Well, yeah, and how they're operated, too. Um, and I think that's the same with the guy Gaimelifs, which are the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, when but... Van gets into the guy Gaimelif, he puts like his arms into these weird socks, which I assume are like so. Um, and hit, so Van's guy Gaimelif is Escaflone. Mm-hmm. Um which we have not seen become a dragon yet. No, he's not a dragon yet, but I assume from the opening that he's going to be a dragon. It's very clear. It's very clear. Um, but like he the way he puts it, the way he gets into Escaflone, it mm-hmm. seems a lot like a suit of armor, but the way that he has to like turn Escaflone on, it's not just like oh get in and you're you're done. I think as I think it's got more to do it than that, but I don't think we're into the lore enough to know what it is yet. Uh, Oh, I think because of the ceremony that he performed, that probably he's the only one who can pilot it. Yeah. So maybe (laughs) Escaflone has kind of a mind of his own, but we haven't seen anything to that amount yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, functionally in the fights, which had very good animation, by the way. Agreed. um, 
functionally, they operated the same as like any mecha combat anime, at least the, the real robot style that I've seen so far. Um, and I wanted, were you entertained by the fights? Did you like them? I like them. I think all around the animation was really nice. Uh, There's nothing where I looked at it and thought it looked weird, except for, you know, the frames where they have to look weird because they're moving. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but I think mostly it was animated really nicely, and I think uh, the movement flowed really well. All right, then. Um, Because of the ending uh, song, my prediction is that uh, her basically love story with Amano and Alan is a red herring because in the ending sequence she kisses both of them mm-hmm. um and a lot of shoujo anime doesn't like to bury the lead as it is they don't like to mm-hmm. like go for that super early in the series because people like the build up to it they like oh, the yeah, yeah. they like the love story build up where it's like are they going to kiss when are they going to kiss and if they show it in the end sequence of every episode it feels like it can't be them yeah i just think it's interesting that in the ending and the opening that you barely see the two characters like together yeah yeah and the ending sequence so she's off kissing the other boys and vaughn is like standing in the rain yeah he just stands in the rain and then when the rain is over he smiles he's he's refreshed he enjoyed his nature shower (laughs) very shoujo yeah, and in the beginning, it's more of people kind of standing on their own, looking serious or whatever. Mm-hmm. More traditional anime opening stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's about all I had to say about the show. Yeah. Um, do you have a rating for it? Um, let's see here. There may be a creepy mole man in this show, but I want to give it the rating of savory. I also want to give it a savory rating. I think this is one of the cases where knowing not a lot about the show going in had me like very pleasantly surprised because all I knew is that it was anime. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, my expectations for anime have been lowered. Anime is bad, y'all. But also, like, this this is a true test of the first three episodes. Right. Because we don't know anything else. We don't know where it's going, but we're excited to know. It was uh, a fun... Uh, I should uh, pick more things that I've not watched yet. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, was a real fun show to watch. Yeah, so I also give it a savory rating. And I think both of us definitely would say that we'd watch more, because I think we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Oh shit! I have to pick an up. I have to pick a show. Oh, did you not? Hold on, I've got a list. All right, everyone. You can uh, comment at and uh, follow us on uh, Tumblr um, and uh, tvdpodcast.tumblr.com uh, and on iTunes. Um. It would be really nice uh, if you were to leave a, a comment, a suggestion, a review. Uh, heck, just to send us a message that says hi, and we'll be aware of the fact that you're listening to us and really appreciate that. And if you want to suggest something, I don't have to come up with something every other week. 
<laughs> um, so lazy. Well, that's okay. So uh, this is something I wanted you to watch for a while because I very much enjoy it. But that could be because of the kinds of shows I like. The schlock that I like. Uh, not everything <laughs> you like is schlock, Kleina. I know. Um, so next time, two weeks from today, we are going to be watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if the first three episodes of that show is going to be as good as all of the, like, m- the more recent clips that I watch. See, uh, I think shows that are, like, really good and funny are unfortunately always better in the later seasons because you have a better rapport between the characters. And, like, yeah, at the beginning build... of a show, you don't have that yet. Yeah, you sort of build a relationship with them. But let's talk about this next episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, just one last question. Yes? Uh, what service uh, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine available on so that our listeners know? I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on Netflix. All right. I was thinking that was a thing that we could do. Yeah, we can start doing that because this is how we watch things. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see you in two weeks for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Bye. Bye.